0: makes a plan become second in command the brothers show up to buy food Yosef doesn't like their attitude He works it out with them and moves the family to Gosham the Egyptians they like being saved, they didn't like getting enslaved this Over. week's parsha Over. is Vaigash and centers around the dramatic moment when Yosef who had been disguised as the vice pharaoh, finally reveals himself to his brothers. And you can hear the entire story of that moment in last year's recording of Vayigash, or if your children were at the all-school Parshat HaShavuah this week, they can likely tell you this story as well. But in this parsha podcast, I want to share a midrash that is fairly well-known about what happened when Yaakov, Yosef's father, was told that Yosef was in fact alive. Now first, I have to bring us back to two weeks ago, Parshat Vayeshev, when the brothers have sold Yosef into slavery and they return to their father with the katonet pasim, the fancy coat that Yaakov had made for Yosef, and the katonet passim is drenched in goat's blood. And they bring the coat to their father and they say, Do you recognize this coat? And Yaakov begins to tremble with sadness and devastation as he is led to believe that his son has been devoured by a wild animal. In fact, he, Yaakov, says, My son has been devoured by a wild animal. And in their unkindness at the time, the brothers allow Yaakov to believe this, even though they know that Yosef has not died. Now, one thing that's interesting about this is that Yaakov is a very clever, smart, sophisticated man. We are taught through our tradition that Yaakov as well as the other Avot and Imahot, abraham Sarah, Yitzchak, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, that they all had what was called the Ruach HaKodesh, the extra spirit of God that rested with them, which allowed them to know truths about the world that no one else had known. And so how does Yaakov, such a wise and clever man, allow himself to be tricked By a bloody coat without asking any follow-up questions. And we come to understand that the thought of losing his son Yosef was so traumatic to him, especially after having lost his wife Rachel in a very sad way. The thought of losing Yosef caused his spirit to basically leave his body. Now that doesn't mean that Yaakov died at that moment, but certainly a part of him had. And it's that part of him, the Ruach HaKodesh, that left him. And every time that Yaakov would even begin to think to himself, what did happen to my son Yosef? Where is he? Normally the Ruach HaKodesh would have allowed him to see that his son Yosef was okay, But because of that painful moment when Yaakov believed that Yosef had been eaten by a wild animal, the Ruach HaKodesh had left him and it had been gone for all the years, approximately 20 years, that Yosef had been in Egypt either working for Potiphar in jail or on his rise to becoming the vice pharaoh. And so when the moment comes that His sons are preparing to give him the very exciting news that in fact, his son Yosef is alive. And not only is his son Yosef alive, but his son Yosef is the vice pharaoh and he has tons of food and money in Egypt that he is prepared to share with all of Yaakov and his family. And there's going to be a wonderful reunion in Egypt. This information is very, very exciting, but might be too exciting. Yaakov is not himself, and for the last 20 years, has been a fragile shell of himself, and the sons know this, and so they need to come up with a plan. How are they going to share this information with their beloved, traumatized, fragile father? Well, according to the Midrash, Yaakov did have someone in the family that he had really taken a liking to. Her name was Serach, and she was Asher's daughter. So Serach is Yaakov's granddaughter. And over the last 20 years, as Yaakov has been continuously mourning Yosef, one of the only people that could maybe get him to crack a smile or get him to eat something or drink something at his lowest moments of sadness. And so the brothers approach Serach after they've returned to Canaan with all of the food and chariots and money that the Pharaoh had sent back with them. And they tell Serach, about how Yosef is alive and they ask her to be the one to gently share the news with Yaakov to kind of prime him for this big shocking new information. And so according to the Midrash, Sarah is a harp player and she takes her harp and she sits outside of Yaakov's tent as she would sometimes do to help him to calm down and she began to play the harp that's my harp playing i don't know how good that is and yakov hears this harp playing and his mind is relaxed and she starts to add some words ding 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 Yosef is alive ding 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 he is the vice pharaoh ding 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 he is sending for you and Yaakov is hearing this gentle beautiful music and song and hearing these words that Serach is serenading him with and by the way until this exact moment I had not thought about how serach and serenading seem to be related to each other, linguistically, but as Yaakov hears Serach singing these words, "Joseph is alive; he is the vice pharaoh," Yaakov thinks to himself, "Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that actually be a wonderful end to this story?" And Yaakov's mood begins to change really for the first time in the last 20 years. Yaakov feels a feeling that he hasn't felt in a long time, a feeling of hope. And he actually, according to the Midrash, gently feels the Ruach Hakodesh, the added spirit, returning to him. And it's at that moment that his sons come in and say, Father, You'll never believe it. We just returned from Egypt, and Yosef is the vice pharaoh. All of that story that we had been telling you about him needing to see Benjamin and him believing that we were spies, it was all a part of a trick or a test that Yosef was giving us, but it's real, it's true, it's him. And Yaakov is stunned, of course, at this truth. But because Sarah had prepared him for it emotionally, he is able to handle this news and quickly says, bring me to him. And so they bring Yaakov down to Egypt. And along the way, now that the Ruach HaKodesh has returned to him, God speaks to Yaakov, assuring Yaakov that even though they're leaving Canaan, something that is not normally a thing that one of our avot or imahot would want to do. God assures Yaakov that B'nai Israel will one day return to Kanaan. And the Pharaoh is very excited to meet Yaakov and his family. But already at the end of this week's Parsha, something interesting happens. Because Yaakov says to Yosef, Hey, Yosef, um... I don't think we should be living here in the main city of Egypt. They have a different culture than us, a different lifestyle than us. They worship more than one God. And if we're going to be staying here for a long time until the famine passes, I think we need to live somewhere else. And so Yosef begins a process as described in the Tanakh, by which he actually buys the land of Goshen, slowly slowly from the farmers in agreeing to trade them food that is in the capital city for their land and then he gives that land of goshen to his family now i can imagine that these kinds of dealings might not actually endear yosef to all of the egyptians at least not long term in the short term the Egyptians are very grateful for him to make this trade and give them food for land. But we know that B'nai Israel's time in Egypt is not going to be positive for very long. But we'll learn more about B'nai Israel's time in Egypt in over next week's podcast, partial. Shabbat Shalom. Over and have a wonderful vacation, everyone.